So today I'm going to talk about something that just came to my spirit right now as we're worshiping. I'm going to talk about uh, faith. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about faith quickly. And I believe that it will be a blessing to, to us. Uh, can we take our Bibles in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, verse 1? The scripture that we all know, I assume, or I presume, that we all know, Hebrews, chapter number 1, uh, chapter number 11, verse 1 to 2. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of the things not seen. Let's go verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Hallelujah. Let's carry on. Uh, by faith we understand that the, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Hallelujah. It's a faith is a substance. Somebody say faith is a substance. Hallelujah. Faith is a substance of the things hoped for. The evidence of the things that are not seen. So when we talk about faith, let me say this. That faith is a proof of what you hope for. I say faith is a proof of what you hope for. Hope is a positive picture that we see. Hope is that picture of a positive outcome. We have hope that some days load shedding will stop. We hope. Hallelujah. We hope. You know, I know many people don't have hope anymore. The picture of a sea of a future or the picture of a sea of a country is all dark. And because of their, what they see, they take action. Hallelujah. So because they don't have hope, they take action. Hallelujah. In the time of Jeremiah, when Israel was under attack, God said to Jeremiah, buy land. Because what you see will turn. He said, people will come and stay again in this land. Buy land. So those who didn't have hope were selling. And Jeremiah was buying. Because they don't have hope, they took action, but it was the wrong action. You see, when you take action based on a hopeless thing that you see, always is the wrong action. So they sold their land and Jeremiah bought some. Many years later, when they came back, Jeremiah has become a businessman. And because you need to buy your land back. Hallelujah. So, what I'm trying to say is that if you are hopeless, you take action. If you have hope, you take action. Hallelujah. When you are hopeless, your actions are based on fear. When you have hope, your, heart, your actions are based on faith. So faith justifies your sight. Hallelujah. So faith justifies. Faith is the one that justifies what you see. 
So if I believe that South Africa will be blessed, today I make investment based on the fact that what I see. So I justify what I see by what I do. But if I cannot do it because of fear, also I justify my fears by not doing it. So in any case, we will know where you stand. Where you stand become evident by what you do. So you don't need to tell me what you believe about South Africa. I can know it by your action. Many people went to Australia, to New Zealand, and they realized that it's all people. When you get there, they treat you like you don't belong here. And if you... By the rivers of Babylon, when we sat down and remember the Pope of Johannesburg, then you forget... Hallelujah. There is no better place than where where God places you. It's not about the environment. It's about who places you, who placed you there. People are looking for an environment, but they don't know that where God places you, it will create the environment for you to be fit for them. So faith is a substance. Somebody says it's a substance. So faith is a proof. Mm-hmm. What I believe is justified by what I do. The evidence of a thing not seen. So if I want to see what you don't see, or let me put it this way. If you want to show me what I don't see, you do what I don't see. Let me say it again. I say if you want to show me what I don't see, you just do what I don't see. I don't know if you catch what I'm saying. You don't catch. Okay. You don't see Johannesburg. And you want to show me Johannesburg. You do something that will tell me what Johannesburg is. Uh-huh. So, so, so what happened is that faith is the evidence of a thing not seen. The thing not seen are not seen by... When you talk about thing not seen, he's not talking about himself. He's talking about you. You are the one not seeing it. But the one that has faith sees it. So when you say faith is the evidence of a thing that, that are not seen, he's not talking about himself. He's talking about you. So I'm the one to show you the evidence. You are the one not seeing it. I see it. God was seeing it. We didn't see it. He called it forth so that we can see it. So your faith is not for yourself. Your faith is to prove to other people what you see. Now you got it. It's a bit difficult, but now you got it. Okay, I'll, te- I'll give you an example. When Jesus has to raise Lazarus, what was the prayer? He said, Father, I'm doing this not for me, but for those who are there so that they can believe. But me, I already believe. But my action is for them. Mm. So whenever faith comes, faith does not come to convince you. Faith comes to show the evidence to those who doubt. Yeah. Hallelujah. So your action of faith is not about you. You are not convincing yourself by taking action. You take action because you are convinced. You do it for those who don't see what you see. You bring it to manifestation to them. But as far as you are concerned, you don't need a manifestation because you already see. So when you say, I am healed, and you start to walk, you don't do that to convince yourself. You're doing it for those who thought you were joking. It's a faith. It's the evidence of a thing that I'm not seeing. But me, mark my word, he's not talking about the one that has faith. He's talking about the one that does not have faith. He's the one that does not see. You see. If you don't see, you don't have faith. 
The proof that you have faith is that you see. One time we were supposed to, to travel and we had problems. And I was praying and I saw myself driving to the airport. So I say, okay, then it's done. I knew it doesn't matter. It's done because I've seen. But she didn't see it. You understand? So if I talk to her, she might not believe. But if I say, let's pack the bag, luggage is 10, she knows something is happening. If you don't take action on what you see, it's equal as you see, not, you see nothing. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, you see nothing. Faith is the evidence of a thing not seen. It's the substance of a thing hoped for, the evidence of a thing not seen. He said, by it, the elders receive a good report. Ha! Hallelujah. Let's read it again. Today, when we finish, you will have faith. <laughs> Let's go. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elder receive a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith, we understand. He said the elder received a good testimony. He talked about Abraham. He talked about Enoch. He talked about Elijah. He talked about all these people. They, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They had faith. Now, these people, the Holy Ghost will come upon them, but the Holy Ghost didn't dwell in them. Hallelujah. So you cannot justify your action to say David also had wives. No. David didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. You cannot compare yourself to David. You, God dwells in you. David was not a temple of the Holy Spirit. He was not a tabernacle of the Holy Ghost. You are. Amen? But David did stuff that even the house of the Holy Ghost today don't do. Somebody that was visited by God trusted God more than somebody that God dwells in. Abraham was visited by God. God never dwelt in Abraham. Abraham never had the Holy Ghost dwelling in him. But his faith was tangible. You, you claim that the Holy Ghost dwells in you. You have a house, the tabernacle of God. You and God are one. That's what it means. Christians Christian are so funny. Yeah, we are so funny. Because we are falling into religion without knowing we are in religion. Yeah. Oh Lord, I give you glory. Oh glory, glory. Glory, glory. Yeah. <laughs> Then when we finish, then we go do something that God is not in it. Then we come back. Oh Lord, you know we are human beings, and we have our weaknesses. So Lord, I give you glory. Then we go again. They don't understand. How do you give glory to God? How do you give? Glory? How do you give glory? He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. How do you give glory? You don't understand you, who you are. And it, you must believe what I'm telling you tonight, today by faith, it will change you. Hallelujah. The glory of God is not something now that is perceived there. You, you know what happened? You are the glory of God. Yes, you are the glory of God. Because Jesus was an embodiment of God because God dwelt in him. Now God dwells in you, so now you have become the glory. That's why God said you have a light. Glory is shining. So when you say, I give you glory, you mean I give you everything of me. 
That's what giving glory means. It means that my whole life, I give it to you. So I do nothing unless I see you doing it. That's how you give glory to God. It's not, oh, Lord, I give glory. Everybody can do that one. Even you play a song like that in nightclub, you'll see what is going to happen. You're going to dance. So you need to understand that, that faith brings you to the realities of God. Faith brings you to understand who you are. That you are not somebody looking for God. You have somebody that God dwells in. It's in your Bible. Go and study your Bible. It's in your Bible. God is not creating a generation of people that are looking to get him. God is creating a generation that understands that he dwells in them. Somebody say, if Jesus was here, what would he do? I say, he would do exactly what I'm doing. Nothing else. Why? Because... My God, help me. Faith will cause you to understand that you and him are one. When they went and asked John the Baptist, who are you? Are you the Messiah? He said, I'm not the Messiah. Are you the prophet? I'm not the prophet. Who are you? He said, I'm the voice. He said, I'm the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. So John was not the one crying. John was just the voice of the one crying. So who was the one crying? The one in John was crying. They say he was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. So the Holy Ghost was the one crying in John. And John borrowed his voice to repeat what was said. So, so you, you, you are the voice of the one dwelling in you. You are, you are the, the, the outlet through which the one dwelling in you moves because it dwells in you. By faith you understand that greater is it that dwells in you than the one that dwells that is in the world. So I'm just the voice of the one dwelling in me. And that I need to believe that. And the moment I believe it, my action will prove it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. People come, they said, ah, we need, I need a scholarship. I say, who must give it to you? I say, no, this, this department, I say, what is the name of a guy? I don't know his name, but I know the department. I say, okay, I'm going to talk to him. And I stand here, and I will say it, and they go, and they get the scholarship. Why? Because the one in me has control over scholarship. The moment you understand that by faith, you are not a beggar anymore. Because he said it, and he's not a liar. There was a guy that was going to Switzerland. He's from, he's from the Central Republic. I think, is it Congo? Central Republic or Central Republic? Yes. And then he needed a visa. And he didn't have a visa. And his friend that was going with him told him, there is a requirement of visa. He said, he didn't tell me that. He said, who didn't tell you? He said, the one that told me to go everywhere in the world and preach. It, if there was a requirement, he would have told me. He never told me there is a requirement. He just told me to go everywhere in the world and preach. That was in 1986. He got to the border. There were three people. He, two white friends and him. When they got to the border, I don't know how he got there, but they still went to the border of Switzerland. And when they got there, they were checking the passport. They check for the two of them in front of him, and him, they look at him, and they, they let him pass without checking anything. And his friend said, I didn't check. He said, I can strike them with blindness. 
He went there without visa. He went and preached, came back. This is what faith in the one that sent you can do for you this morning. You are too bind by the regulation. And you, you, listen, I'm not saying don't obey authority. I'm not saying don't get visa. But I'm saying don't put yourself under a limitation of human being. My God. You need to understand that the God you are serving is bigger and is greater than what people are telling you. When people say it's not possible, tell them, my Bible says all things are possible. To my Bible tells me, I'm not saying somebody, my Bible tells Who do you believe this morning? It's if the world were framed by the word of God. And remember, we don't see the word of God. We experience it. Hallelujah. When somebody speaks, you don't see what he says. You just hear it. And he said, it by faith we understand that the world, the, world, the aeon, the world is talking about the, is the aeon. And aeon is not just the cosmic world. Aeon is also the environment. So the word of God has the ability to shape your environment. I don't know if people believe really the word of God. If we don't come to a place of believing the word of God, we will not take action that justifies the word of God. We are quiet. Because we've been functioning like people that are losing. We don't function like, how can Elijah come before Ahab? He said, no, because God told him. No, Elijah knew who he was. He said, it will not rain unless I speak. He didn't say, unless God tells me and I tell you. No, he said, unless I speak. You know, there's a place when you get there, eh, what you say is law. But that place, you don't get there by just praying. You get there by believing God. If you can navigate yourself to get to a place where you believe God the way he is, your words will become law. But we are doubting. We are attacked by doubts. We quote Romans 10, 17, uh, Roman, Roman 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. So we have limited our move. Because we say, I didn't hear. But he's not talking about necessarily. It's, that is part of it. But the biggest part is not talking about God speaking to you about something. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. He's talking about faith comes by hearing and hearing what God has done. It's what God has done that produces faith in you. I know he healed the sick, that produces faith in me. I know he raised the dead, that produces faith in me. So I can trust him because I know he raises the dead. The Bible is written as a testimony so that you can know who God is, so that you can believe what he says he will do, so that you may know that he fails not. I read in my Bible that those who believe in him were never put to shame. Therefore, I believe that it's impossible for me to be put to shame. doesn't matter the situation, God will make a way for me. You need to believe that. If you don't come to that place, you will be a man with fear, a woman with fear in your heart. You need to believe that. You need to believe that. A radical faith called radical action. Remember, I'm not talking about courage. I'm talking about the conviction of a heart that I've come to know God. Look, Abraham, Abraham was, God said, I'm giving you children. And Abraham was like, huh, what is that? He said, come out of the tent, look at the stars. He says, so your descendants shall be. Now, there's another revelation attached to that. God was saying to Abraham, who created those stars? Do you know that those stars didn't exist before I said it? So if I can, by my, my word, bring all these stars, why do you think I cannot jump, bring a, a child in the womb of your of wife? 
God has to, to show us things that he has already done so that we can believe. Do we actually believe the Bible? Sometimes I, I, I doubt if we believe the Bible. Yes, yes, we are religious about the Bible. How many people believe that after four days, Lazarus came from the dead? No, truly, truly, in your heart, in your heart. How many people believe that after four days, Jesus really went and took Lazarus out of the grave? How many people believe that? Do you believe that? Why? Huh? No, I know you believe because it does not happen to you. If God can tell you to go to the graveyard and somebody was buried four days ago, you will think, let's be wise. <laughs> People say, but that was Jesus. Uh, that was? That was? Where is he now? My God, help us. The same anointing that was taken to the grave of Lazarus dwells in you today. The same grace dwells in you. Put me John 14, 12 and let them read with their eyes. John 14, 12. Quickly. He said what? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will, but greater works than this he will do because I go to my father. He who believes in him. Do you believe in him? Do you know what God is telling me? He's raising up a generation. My God. You know what we are doing? We are celebrating Jesus. The world does not respect us. You know why? Because we are celebrating what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. It's not relevant to them. It's not, it's not, how can you go to somebody, eh, Jesus was Lazarus, but he's here. He's sick. You're talking about Lazarus. What about him? You must be able to say, because he lives, and he lives in me, I have come to give you life. So you give him life because Jesus has come. You see, everybody is waiting. When is he coming? Studying the Antichrist and the tail, the, 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 the beast with his seven heads and seven horns and ten horns. It's good. I also do. But in the meantime, there are some small beasts here that we need to deal with. <laughs> and you forget what small beasts that are beating people every day. And you are waiting for the horns. I'm telling you, Jesus is calling you to wake up this morning. I'm looking for a generation of people that can believe God with all their hearts. Jesus said, oh, faithless generation. How long will I be, have to put up with you? That was Jesus talking. People that got the most out of Jesus were people that believed him. It was not people that knew the word. It was people that believed him. Those who knew the word didn't get anything from him. It's only those who didn't, know, even they didn't know the word, but they could believe. That's why the Gentiles got so many breakthroughs in the time of Jesus, because they didn't know the law. They only knew this man can heal. They knew he must be who he say he is because of what he's doing. And all of them, they came. Jesus will say, I have never seen faith like this in Israel. He said, I'll tell you, they will come from all parts of the world and they will sit with God, while, with Abraham, while the sons of the kingdom will be cast in outer darkness because they know too much.
Luke 18 from verse 35. There was a man called Bartimaeus. It's the same story it's in the book of Mark 10. Uh, Mark 10, you can read from verse 46 or so. And there was a man called Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus was a blind guy. Bartimaeus has never seen Jesus, but he has read about him. One day Bartimaeus was sitting, and Jesus was passing. And there was a commotion. And Bartimaeus asked, what is happening? They said, Jesus is passing. Remember, he has never seen Jesus. He has never seen miracles he has heard. He was blind. So he couldn't have seen a miracle. He only heard. He put his faith in what he heard. So maybe they were lying. He still believed the lie. Because he didn't see it himself. And Jesus was passing and he, he started to yell, Jesus, son of David. You know what he means? You are the Messiah. When he said Yeshua ben David, it was meaning you are the Messiah. You are the Savior. Jesus has done nothing to him yet, but he confessed upon what he heard, that Jesus must be the Messiah. He was confessing Yeshua ben David. And people say, Shh. keep quiet. They say the more they did that, the more, because something was in him. He could not let himself be intimidated, intimidated by the eyes of people. You know, sometimes when you do things, you still intimidate because you know, somebody is watching you behind. But in me, I said, not me. I don't know what is your problem. I know mine. Go and look for your answer. Me, I'm looking for my answer. And he started to cry more. And then at the stage, Jesus had to stop. Because the man couldn't let him go. He stopped. And the same people that say, keep quiet, tell him, take heart. He's calling you. These same people that tried to stop him, now they are moving him. People will try to stop you until they see you are real. When they realize you are real, they will keep quiet. When we started the ministry, there was an African guy that told me, if you can only preach and leave all the other stuff. He said, I like your preaching, but whatever you do there, I don't like it. I say, it's all together. <laughs> if I cook for you and there is meat in the stew, you won't wash the meat before you eat. You will taste the stew. It's all part of the cooking. Hallelujah. So you either eat the stew or you leave the stew. So, but this guy was good there. He stayed. He decided to eat the stew. No, he's an he's a elderly guy. He has gone to be with the Lord now. Hallelujah. He, he knows what I'm talking is the truth, if he hears me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now, listen to me. Bartimaeus cried and Jesus said, what do you want? There is a place where heaven will ask you. My God. There is a place in life where God is so much impressed by your persistency and consistency that he will come to you and say, what do you want? He said, I want to see. He said, see? Huh? Now, some of us will do, I can't. He said, master says, see, I'm seeing. And the word that he believed entered his eyes and created the miracle. It's the word that he believed that created the miracle. He said, just see. You, you, if you don't believe the word that is spoken to you, there won't be any effect. Because you don't mix it with faith, it means nothing. I want to tell you this morning that there are many people that are desperate. Hallelujah. 
They are so desperate. But the desperation is not directed to the right place. They become so desperate that they become discouraged. I so badly want this. Yes, we all want it. I want it. Yes, we do. But where are you directing your wants? Do you believe that the Jesus that we are talking about is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And people say, but I've done it. It didn't work. It was not faith. Yes. You can come and argue with me. I'll tell you it's not faith. Because the Bible says everything that is of faith works. And I can't contradict the Bible with my own experiences. So if, my, if it does not work, then I know I didn't have faith. I can say it, but I didn't. No, we did have faith. You didn't. Stop it. Be humble and go and say, Lord, I didn't have faith. What does it cost you to say I didn't have faith? You can acknowledge it and fix where you, it went wrong. My Bible said to me, if you believe, all things are possible. Do we believe the Bible or believe our experiences? I want us to come to a place where we believe God. Hallelujah. I say we believe God. We believe that Jesus, that not Jesus, we believe that Christ dwells in him. Come on now. We believe that Christ dwells in him. Do you know who Christ is? Who is he? Huh? The risen. And who? Son of a living God. And who? Come on now. Because your understanding will make you move. What else? He is God. Christ was dwelling in Jesus. Christ was dwelling in Jesus. Jesus was born through Mary. Christ was not born through Mary. Jesus is the body. Christ is the spirit. <laughs> he was born as Jesus and anointed as Christ. The day the Holy Ghost came upon him at baptism, Christ came in him. And from that day, it was a life of miracle all over, through all his life. He said, a child will be born. His name will be Yeshua. He didn't say Christ. His name will be Yeshua. He calls him the spirit of Christ. That's why Bible didn't say Jesus in you. He said Christ the Bible never say Jesus in you. The Bible always say Christ in you. <laughs> because Christ is the spirit. Jesus is the body. The spirit and the body came together. Hallelujah. And this spirit Christ moved Jesus. And wherever Jesus went, Christ did the miracle. Christ means anointed one. Whew, maybe it's too deep. Some of you are thinking, how can he say that? How can he say that? Ooh, go and study. Go and ask the Holy Spirit, what is he saying? Is it true or true? If it's not true, don't believe it. If it's true, believe it. Hallelujah. That's why when Peter in Matthew chapter number 16, Jesus asked him, who do they say I am? Peter said, you are the Christ. He said, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter didn't say you are Yeshua. Everybody knew he was Yeshua. But Peter said something that was beyond Yeshua. Peter looked into him and says, 
you are actually the Christ. I'm seeing Yeshua, but actually Christ is inside Yeshua. And he said, flesh and blood, because flesh and blood sees Yeshua. Only the spirit sees Christ. That's why anyone that comes to that revelation, Jesus said, don't tell anyone. Do you think in Jerusalem they didn't know you were Yeshua? They all knew, they call him Yeshua. But anyone that says Christ, he said, keep quiet. Because you have discovered who is in me. My father in me. My father does the work. The reason why the Pharisees missed on is that they were seeing Yeshua, but they didn't know it was Christ in him. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Romans 8, 11. Same spirit. Christ. So Christ dwells in you. I say Christ dwells in you. I say Christ dwells in you. I want you to believe that. I want you to know that Christ dwells in you. The idea of God was not for you to just come to the kingdom. It's for you to have his spirit. Greater is he. You quote that scripture. Greater is he that is in me. Who is in you? Christ in me. The assurance of glory. I change it a bit. Christ in me, the assurance of glory. I'm not hoping for the glory. I have the glory. I'm not hoping that someday when I see him, I see him because he dwells in me. So when I see him, he will not be a stranger because he's in me. Christ in you. If a church can get that revelation and believe and walk by faith, many things are going to happen. I say many things are going to happen. The world is looking for Christ in you. The world is not looking anymore for you to tell them about Abraham. The, Lord is, the world is looking for you to tell them about the story of your life, Christ in you. People are looking for something that is relevant. They are not looking for a story anymore. That's why some churches are dying, because they are telling stories. People are possessed. You are telling them, one day, but the guy is possessed. We have let all this for the Satanist. How can a Satanist go into an office and create an environment in the office and control the mind of people? Christians walk there and everybody trample upon them. They don't know who they work with. They don't know who is in them. They don't know what they carry. Therefore, they let all the small Satan, Satanists do their job while they are there ordained by God. Fire baptized, Holy Spirit filled, Christ ambassadors. talking about faith. It's finished. I say it's finished. Amen. From today you must start to talk like that. Say, because I've come here, the problem is solved. I don't come on my own. I came because I'm, 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 I'm purposefully ordained by heaven to change the situation. So my presence alone is enough. You don't need to worry anymore. I walk into your building, Shalom is walking. I walk into a place, Christ is walking. Because Christ wants a body. And I've let my body be his body. You are, he said, don't you know? First Corinthians says, don't you know that you have a temple? Don't you know that you have a temple of the Holy Ghost who dwells in you? Don't you know? Don't you know? Father, this morning we thank you. We thank you. Shake the dust off yourself. Raise your heads. Walk with confidence because the great I am dwells in you. I told you when God was creating Adam, he was not creating worshippers. He was creating a house. 
and the house happened to worship. But the first purpose is for him to dwell in him. That's why when Adam fell, God said, no, I can't leave my house for. He has to restore so that he can dwell in. On the day of Pentecost, my God, my God, on the day of Pentecost, the same thing that happened to Jesus happened to Peter. On the day of Pentecost, the same thing that happened to Jesus at the baptism happened to the 120. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit aligned himself upon them. Peter came out from that upper room and he became another man because now he was the embodiment of the departed Christ. Church, I don't know if you get to you. If it does not, may God help you. Because many people are sitting there, but I've tried this before. You didn't try. You didn't have faith. Yes! My God. Come, let me pray for you. I can see. My, my daughter, is, this message is dealing with something is entering. My God. My God. Father, I pray the revelation of Christ in her so that you may awake, be awakened to the fatherhood of God. That this morning, Lord, your grace may be upon her. Listen. You can be awakened to the fatherhood of God suddenly like this. And you say, oh, I didn't know who I was. That's why Satan did all he did. I want to give it last testimony and then I'm going to just leave you. There was a guy that has demons in his house. And, and, and every night, those demons are making noise in the house. I, maybe there are some people here like that. His yard was, was taken by demons. I mean, they have, they have bride in his yard when he's sleeping. You can see something is going on there. These people are so happy in my yard. He went to his pastor and said, Pastor, this thing is bothering me. It's been years. The pastor said, hey, what do you want me to do? He said, pray for me. He said, no, I don't pray for you. He took him aside. He taught him for three days. He taught him who he is in Christ. After three days, he said, the pastor said, okay, let's go pray. He said, pastor, let's go. When they got to the yard, he said to the pastor, you are not praying here. The pastor said, why? He said, let me show you something. He walked in the yard like this. And he said, let's go, it's finished. From that day, no demon entered his yard again. You know why? Because he understood that the Bible said, every place that the sole of your foot touches, I have given it to you. Not to Satan. Not to demons. How can demons take over your house while you are a child of God? How can demons take over your body? While G Jesus died so that his spirit can be released and come back and dwell in you. How? What a shame to let Satan manipulate us. What a shame to be afraid of demons. You know, last time I was there, everybody was gone. Then I heard somebody running in the stairs. Then I pulled my blanket and I said, let me sleep. Me, I'm not going there to watch who it is. You get out. And after a few seconds, I heard going out. I, I, I said, you are discouraged. You think I'm going to give you attention. Me, do you know who I am? Christ was sleeping in the boat. Christ didn't wake up. Oh, no, he was sleeping. People wake him up. He said, oh, why did you cut my sleep? And he rebuked the wind and the, for their sake. And he died down. He didn't rebuke it for his sake. For, his, for their sake. Me. I don't wake up anymore for noises. Before I used to. I, used to, I don't wake up anymore. I say, I've prayed. I've prayed for some time now. I come to sleep now, noise. Come on. And I sleep. Because Jesus said, I give you power. I give you power to trample upon snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by no means hurt you. I hope I'm preaching to the church this morning. Your faith shall cause you to despise the work of the devil. You despise the work of the devil. You, you have magnified too much the work of the devil in my family. What? Why are you born again? You were born in your family. No, you are born again in the family of God. You are still talking. People are bearing in my family. And there are demons in my family. Which family? Who told you you came from that place? 
Say, I am from a family of God. Say, there's no curse in my family. There's no curse in my family. So any curse cannot work on me. Say, it can't work on me. It cannot work on me. I am too blessed. I am too blessed to be stressed. I am too blessed to be stressed. I am too blessed. The Holy Ghost dwells in me. You shake the hands of people with purpose. You don't give people like baddies anymore. You know you are giving him something. You meet him. When he say, how are you? And he, and he raises his hand like that. You know you are giving something. You say, God bless you. And th- that person receives something. You are not just greeting people, greeting people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go out like mighty soldiers. I'm here to prepare you. This is Gilgal. We are preparing you. I said we are preparing you. So you can go out and win. And win battle for the, for the Lord. So that you will not be afraid anymore. You will not go there with fear in your heart anymore. You're going there to take over Jericho. You're going over to take the systems of the world. You're taking over. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that the stone that hit the foot of the statue grew bigger and became the, the, the stone that filled the earth. The kingdom shall fill the earth. Not the Antichrist. The kingdom shall fill the earth. I said the kingdom shall fill the earth. The kingdom shall fill the earth. Father, let your kingdom come. Say, I believe. Say, I believe. I believe. I'm full of faith. I believe. Woo! When you say let your kingdom come, you mean, do you know, let your kingdom come does not mean you are standing there, the kingdom has come. No. It doesn't mean that. Because the kingdom is within you. So let your kingdom come means let me be manifested to this generation. So whenever you pray that prayer, it's a prayer of manifestation. Let me be manifested to this generation because that, for that purpose I was born and for that purpose I'm here. And I'm here for that purpose. You see, last time I said they called me for a, to a lady that was sick. And when I was driving, I said, Father, for this purpose I was born. And I'm going to do just what you told me to do. And I got there and the Lord worked. For this purpose you are here. Say for this purpose I'm here. Hallelujah.